Life is an incredible archive of stories. If you do it right, or even if you do it wrong, just living long enough will supply you with a treasure trove of memorable adventures. The following memories take place over many decades. So settle in with a cold one and let me tell you a story. I've always thought of the human mind as organic computer software that runs the hardware of the body. That became more evident as I watched a report about a new drug in its final testing phase that could slow the effects of Alzheimer's by 25%. This could give months back to patients who would otherwise be lost to the disease. Alzheimer's wipes out memory that controls the motor skills of the body. It starts with a loss of recognition leading to a loss of control and ends with a loss of ability. When a computer loses memory, it's a simple task to add more. When the human mind loses memory, it is gone forever. Which makes me wonder why we do so many things in order to facilitate losing our memories. It's something I've given a lot of thought to since my surgery days. I was on a lot of drugs in those days. They were all legally prescribed, and for the most part, I was able to handle the effects of those drugs. But they did have side effects that made me start thinking about other ways of dealing with the situations these drugs were designed to address. I remember, and remember may be a strange way of putting it, a specific incident in which several people came to visit me in the hospital. It was during one of my early orthopedic surgeries, and I was loaded down with morphine and other drugs in order to control the initial intense pain. They walked into my room, and I was completely surprised to see them. I asked them how they knew I was there. They looked at me for a second and said, We had a long phone conversation with you. You not only told us you were here, you gave us directions to get here. My mind was a blank. In fact, I couldn't remember much of anything that had happened since the surgery three days prior to them walking through the door. It turns out I may have been given too much morphine. It felt like an eraser on a blackboard. Three days of my life were gone. On another occasion, a very well-known celebrity friend of mine came to visit. He and I talked for quite some time. In my mind, that conversation was on the phone. I only knew he had actually visited me because all the nurses were talking about him when I came back to reality. I must have been lucid during our conversation, but I believed it was a dream. After he left, a dose of morphine and Demerol pretty much wiped out the entire event. I've never had a problem with addictive behavior. That's fortunate because over the years I've had access to painkillers and muscle relaxers such as morphine, Valium, and Demerol that many have used excessively leading to addiction and broken lives. We have an addiction epidemic in this country. In our haste to reach for a quick fix in the form of a pill, we've lost the ability to withstand any degree of discomfort. While it is true that Big Pharma should shoulder a lot of the blame, we are far from blameless. According to the Addiction Center, an online informational guide, about 88,000 people die as a result of alcohol every year in the United States. 
Since 1999, the sale of opioid painkillers has skyrocketed by 300%. About 20 to 30% of people who take prescription opioids misuse them. Also, about three-quarters of a million Americans are regular meth users, and around 16,000 of them are between the ages of 12 and 17. Finally, 30 to 40 million Americans smoke marijuana every year. We are addicted to escaping from emotional and physical pain. Marijuana and opioids are probably the two biggest emotional and physical pain relievers in mainstream life. There are other ways to relieve pain, but they require more effort than most people are willing to give. We want a quick fix, which is not an accidental choice of words, when you consider that people reaching for pills and pot are actually looking for a fix, a word that used to be attributed solely to junkies. My experience with the opioid Valium was when I was prescribed twice the normal prescription dosage every six hours around the clock. I was told that without it, I would be screaming in pain because one of my surgeries had involved a number of tendons being trimmed. Three days into it, I found myself bursting into tears whenever someone changed the television channel. I couldn't think straight, and I didn't like it. I asked Sherry, my live-in caregiver, you'll hear more about her in a future podcast episode, to dump any remaining pills down the toilet. My friends wanted to sell them, but I wasn't about to become a drug supplier. I was still going to have to deal with the pain, but I knew there had to be a better way. With nothing better to do than to lie around, not my choice, but two long-legged plaster casts with a two-foot dowel in between made it the only option, I asked friends to borrow a few books on hypnotism from the library. My knowledge of the subject was basically what I'd seen on television. That was, people being put in trances and doing things they normally wouldn't do. I would soon find out that these displays of silliness was not how hypnotism worked in everyday life. It's really a heightened state of focus and awareness. With a little practice, hypnotic techniques can be targeted to alleviate chronic pain. I practiced relaxation therapy and integrated it into the hypnotic techniques I was learning in the books. It took a while, but I had all the time in the world. I honed the skill to the point where I could turn it on and off in a literal blink of an eye. I like to tell people that I got to the point where I could use the techniques in a crowded room with a brass band playing. That's not an exaggeration. I also found out that the ability to focus that intensely has helped me in many other areas of my life. I don't have any painkillers or muscle relaxers in my home. In fact, the only aspirin I have is a low dosage that my doctor insists I take every evening. It's not that I no longer have muscle aches or pains. In fact, if you were to ask me to recall a day when I didn't have any, I'd be hard-pressed to give you an answer. I attribute my ability to overcome my daily discomfort to my study and continued practice of hypnosis. Over the years, I've offered to teach my technique to many people. Not one person has ever taken me up on it. Unfortunately, we find it much easier to reach for the quick fix that never ends. We do this with the knowledge that we are potentially damaging the organic computer software we are spending so much time, money, and effort to save.
Until the journey brings us together once more, take care and stay safe.